live on 12 Ounce Sports. Cody Jansen with you. World Hockey Report live. Big special one for the players here. Bunch of guests, lots of stuff to get to. Show brought to you by MyBookie, of course. Use promo code 12OZSports. It'll match your deposit up to 1000 bucks. Wow. Okay, we got the kid. He's back in America now. I mean, hey, I think it was one of our most listened to podcasts of all times the first time we had you on. But come on, Nick DeLisi, we're going to talk a little bit of Czech going over there. What an experience. I mean, hey, this is your second time going through the exact same gong show. I think, obviously, it's a new experience. It's a different country. It's a foreign world. So things that they might think are normal, we don't. Not exactly shredding them in whole. But Matt, you gotta tell the story about your team not in playoffs, and you had to go walk to the store and buy tape before a game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So we played a team in uh, it's a town like Cheskovitsa, and we lost in OT. So after that, like everything just kind of went to shit from there. So the next day, I was like, like, hey, like I need tape because usually how it works is they don't stick all the tape out in the locker room because then it becomes a frenzy. So I was like, hey, like I need some tape for the week. And they were like, like, go buy it. And I was like, like, okay, but we just had a bunch of tape of the game. They're like, well, go buy it. We're not in playoffs, so now we don't have money. Like, now we don't spend any more money just finishing the season. So I was like, I'm not buying fucking hockey tape. Like, fuck. Like, I don't fly across the world to buy own hockey tape. If I want to buy hockey tape, I'd stay home. So, yeah, so evidently, you know, I, then I had to go buy hockey tape, and then Turns out our equipment manager also got fired because, who knows, so we didn't have an equipment manager. So everything was just going downhill from there. And I guess to keep on adding this, um, we played a charity game, and we had like special jerseys, and the jerseys afterwards were getting auctioned off. And the best part was they gave me my jersey, and I had the name bar and the jersey separate. And I was like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, 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 go, go get it sewn on. And I'm like, you guys really can't take this to like a, like a tail or like a dry cleaner and they could put it on. They're like, no, 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 we don't have money for it. You go get it sewn on. And I was like, okay, so you guys will reimburse me. I'm like, no, 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 go get it sewn on. It's cheap. It's cheap. It costs like $15. I mean, whatever. But the fact was they were selling the jersey afterwards. So. <laughs> that is just that. That's such a man. That's like such a check move, though, just in general, like. They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get it done for you, not a problem. And then all of a sudden, when it comes actually time to it, no, no chance. They are not. Hey, I mean, there, there's obviously a little bit of good, though, that comes out of there. Uh, any good rivalries or best atmospheres that you got to play in? Yeah, the, the coolest experience there was the, like, the South Bohemia Derby. We played um, HC Tub, where that was a pretty good game. They brought in their fans. And we had our fans. It was pretty loud, a lot of energy throughout the whole game. Pretty cool experience. And then the other one was, you know, the charity game. We honored, I don't even fucking know who it was, some guy, some legend. And I don't even say he's a legend. He's played Czech 3 Oscar there. But, um, yeah, he was on the front of our jerseys. And they had a big, you know, ceremony before the game. Fans had posters and cheering the whole game. But, yeah, they sold out that game. It was pretty cool. But the best part was we lost 11-1. <laughs> Yeah, so um, it was a good way to honor someone. That is, uh, that's funny. Okay, first goal though for you. 
happens in Coley, and I mean a town I know you got a, a little bit of history in. Um, what was it like to score there, dude? Because I mean, like obviously that's probably one of the sickest barns when you think about it. For check three, like you know they're getting fans pretty consistently. Like it's not an absolute dump. Like not a bad place. Yeah, so they're one of the more professionally run teams. They have a pretty good coach. They have a good team. All lines could play. It's not like a situation where you have one line, second line's all right, and the third and fourth line are fifteen year old. But they have a they have a pretty good they have a pretty good team there, and they have a good fan base. They bring in a lot of money. Um, but yeah, no, it was a definitely a good feeling to get the first one off, especially taking a couple months off not playing just because of another shit show. Um, but no, yeah, it was good. Uh, line made me a good pass out in front, and I luckily buried it. You know, sometimes I even surprise myself there. But yeah, no, it was a good feeling. Selly pretty hard, and that was that. Grinder goals. Probably lost nine one that game still. No, we lost. I think it was six two or yeah six two. That's awesome. What a life. What a life. Never scored more than two goals in a game. Already, probably my favorite part about Czech Republic, and I mean, we've talked about it a million times, but just everyone wearing different gear with no care in the world. How many, like, you got to explain to people how stupid these teams look with 17 different colors of skate laces. People use colored tape. I mean, people are getting paid to play hockey, and they're using different colored tape on their sticks. Oh, yeah, I know. It's a mess. Um, how can I say this? Yeah, so before I went there, I was like, hey, like, what should I, like, should I bring, like, you know, like, are you guys going to be, like, helmet, like, pants, and, like, gloves? And they're like, no, no, you bring. And I was like, okay. Like, I have white helmet, like, black dust. Okay, it doesn't matter. And I was like, like, really? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. You'll see. So I get a locker room. Like, keep in mind, I have a white helmet and black pants. Guys have like royal blue is the color they would they like they wanted everyone to wear, but of course no one really had it except a couple of the guys. So we had white helmets, royal blue helmets. We had a guy with a red helmet. We had black helmets, um, which was like absolutely insane. Uh, gloves were all over the map: maroon, red, white, and blue, black, navy blue was the color they wanted us to wear. But no, one guy had green gloves. Um, but yeah, it was it was atrocious. And then the best part was the skate laces. Our leading scorer had one yellow lace and one black lace. That's the best style you could actually come up with, though. Guys just don't realize yeah, like they they just insane. have no definition of style. I don't. I mean, I don't watch enough KHL games or like really know exactly how that goes about. But like, where where do they even learn this stuff? Where do they find that? Well, that's acceptable. Like. Yarmir Yager would never do that. I guess he had gross skates at one point, but geez. Yeah, I mean, people still wear those black tucks. I mean, I think they're hideous, but I mean, that's just my opinion. <laughs> low blow, low blow. Oh, yeah. We're going to hear about that one after. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't know, because it was like our team was a shit show, and then we played a team like Shea Brown where they had, like, advertisements on the side of the visors, like, Everyone had the same equipment. Like, everyone, it just looked very professional. Like, main bars were actually sewed on, not taped over. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like like I said, like, a team like Colleen, team like Steve Brown, team like Tabo, like, they've all, like, they are, are really good professionally run teams, and there's some absolutely gong shows where it's, like, your, your leading score has two different color laces. 
my favorite part in most was if they had someone new on the team, they only had 20 jerseys, I swear. So, like, they would just, like, rotate them. And they would just, like, tape on a number. Like, so if someone was, like, I don't even know, like, someone was 10, and then that person got hurt, and they had to call someone up, they'd just, like, tape that one into a 7. And so they'd be 70 for the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, ours wasn't that extreme. We just had... So what I found was pretty stupid was... In the beginning of the season, they went from IHC PSEC to IHC Kralove PSEC. And I couldn't tell you why they wanted to you know, change the identity of the club when the year before this year, they went to, I believe, the quarterfinals of Czech 3. So they had a pretty good run. They had a really good team. So I have no clue why they wanted to change. I mean, the change was just for the worst. But they ordered jerseys and the jerseys they ordered the names were sublimated on the back so i guess the guys that kind of know they're sticking around there for the long term they had you know they had their permanent jerseys like you know numbers you know names all in, uh, like sublimated in the jersey so i got there and like all the jerseys that had names the guys weren't playing and i'm like why aren't these guys playing and like, oh like they quit or hurt so I'm like, okay, so like, what do we just wear these jerseys? And they're like, yeah, 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 like, you're going to wear this jersey. And they gave me some kid's jersey that was hurt all year. So, yeah, I had a different last name on. Uh, and a lot of the pictures online, I have a different last name. <laughs> and I tried I tried taping over it, but, I mean, it looks stupid. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like, worst case, I tell someone it's a sponsor. Sublimated jersey problems right there. All right, last one for you. Play tour guide. <laughs> if people are going to go visit the Czech Republic, I mean – What's what's good? What's good there? What's cool to see? Um, yeah, if you're gonna visit Czech, I wouldn't go to play hockey. That's for sure. <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, it's definitely a great country. There's a lot of history. I definitely suggest going to visit Prague, um, Charles Bridge, Prague Castle, Wenceslas Square. There's a lot of good bars, a lot of good restaurants down there. Um, the definitely the best part is the food, and definitely the greater parts of the beer. Um, if you like beer, definitely go visit the Czech Republic. You have to. You have to. Alrighty, Nick Delisi, my guest on World Hockey Report. Thanks to him for joining us, of course. Had to get that one out of the way. I mean, hey, he's a busy man. He's a busy man. He has things to do. This is a For the Players episode, World Hockey Report. You know, we're getting all things in depth. Terrence Johnson going to be joining us here in about seven minutes' time. We're going to talk about Sweden, his experience. And, I mean, come on. Playing over in Europe, it's something else. A World Hockey Report is brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use promo code 12OZSports for a deposit match of up to $1,000. Yeah, that's mybookie.ag. Big big partners. 12-ounce sports. Come on. Biggest and best book out there 12 ounce sports your home for sports talk radio massive college hockey coming up this weekend you know it's gonna be good i don't have the schedule in front of me we will whip that up eventually though it's gonna be big oh looks like we got our next uh caller hitting up right now terrence johnson terrence johnson joins us live now on the phone lines. Hey, Buddy, on, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Just taking a nice little stretch on the building. Hey, hey, hey. That's, uh, I said, you know, if you're able to sneak out, 10-15 will get you on. Man, I mean, where do we even start with your hockey career? So much, 
so much to talk about. But how, how did you make the jump from ACHA over to Sweden and like to play like legitimate Sweden in Div One? Uh, well, as, as you know, hockey is a small world, kind of a big one as well. Uh, depending on who you know. So when I used to play for Team Maryland. Uh, Michael Newlander got traded to the Caps, and he brought his whole family over there. So uh, you had William and Alex, and those, those guys over there playing on the younger team, Maryland team. They also brought over like a Swedish coach to kind of help with that transition. Um, he ended up being a really cool guy and told the stories about hanging out with Nick Backstrom and Ovechkin and stuff. You know, as soon as they got to DC, so we we all kept in contact. He was like a young, cool coach, and uh, you know, I, I played I played Triple A my whole life. I played. Uh, you know, I, I was spent with two city in the USHL. I played for the Emory Bulls. Uh, I, played, I played EJ, so you know, I played good level junior hockey, and um, I committed to Curry. I couldn't afford it, so then I remember Brent Athens came out and talked to me, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, I'm never going to go to school and play clubs. Ridiculous. Uh, but I, I ended up going there anyway and played, and um, it, was, it, was a, it was a really good school. I fell in love with the community, fell in love with the school. And um, I, I always trained as though I was going to play pro. I didn't know at what level. So where guys are all messing around and stuff like that, you know, like I had a weight vest on for the first 30 minutes of practice, stick weight on. I was first on the ice, last to leave in the weight room. So um, I took my craft pretty seriously. And uh, as, as the years went on, we accumulated some other guys that played high-level juniors. And, uh, you know, that, that last year we lost to Michigan State in the frozen four. I just knew I could probably take another step. And in the summer I trained with um, – uh, with pinnacle performance uh, based out of Maryland, but they do more, more than stuff in New York. So I train with guys like Sam Manis that, that plays in the uh, AHL for the Iowa Wild. Like most of my teammates in the team room play D1, either UNH or Sacred Heart or, you know, uh, UMass Lowell or something like that. So I was always surrounded by great competition and great coaching and stuff like that. So um, I, I've always felt that I could make that jump. And it was just crazy because I turned into a playmaker. And when I got over there, I didn't even need to be a goal scorer. And that's exactly what I was. So, um, you know, just lucky, I guess. <laughs> yeah, what's what's? I mean, you, you grew up in Baltimore. What's the minor hockey like there? Like, how does how does that work? What are what's it like? I mean, is there even minor hockey? Because honestly, I got no clue. Yeah, so it's 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 small. Um, they're actually when I was growing up, nineteen ninety, there was a little team called the Baltimore Bandits. I think they were like a junior C team, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Until I got older, I was like, yeah, what a shit show that is. Um, but so they just had the Caps, and then they had Hershey, and then the East Coast Hockey, uh, the ECHL team and stuff. They wanted Stingray. So there's really no minor hockey close to it. I know now with the FP, Roanoke has, has a team in Virginia, but that's as far as, as DC is from Baltimore. So not really a lot of minor hockey. There's a lot of good youth hockey with the Team Maryland. Uh, there's a lot, you know, the York Skipjacks are, are a great program as well. And then now Maryland Black Bears uh, have their EJ team or their their East Coast team, which is like junior tier, tier three, and then they obviously have a team in the North American Hockey League. So um, I've been around there for a long time. There's a lot of you know uh, great kids that come out of that area. Like I said, Sam Manis almost won the Hobie um, his rookie year at Quinnipiac, and he's from Maryland. Um, you got John Giles. Uh, he's on Team USA currently. I think he's on that 18 other team. Uh, he's he's also from Maryland, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's just it's spread out. It's it's not as convinced as maybe Philly or Jersey, you know, where like things are kind of like right there for you. You got to drive quite a distance if you're from Baltimore and you want to play for Maryland Black Bears or Team Maryland. It's probably about a 50 minute drive to practice every day. So, so uh, it's it's growing. 
That's awesome. Hey, I mean, growing up in, in Maryland, Baltimore, then, like, what got you into hockey? How did you originally, I mean, I know you talked a little bit about, uh, you know, Nylander and stuff like that, but, like, what was what was the first thing that, that made you say, like, damn, I want to play hockey, that looks cool? Yeah, uh, good question, especially where I grew up, you know, your only options are either to play basketball, play football, or probably sell drugs, and uh, my grandma wanted me not to have that future, so don't ask. I don't know how she knew how to ice skate. Um, the, the rumor is that my great grandma's Native American and she and she played, you know, et cetera. I don't know if that's true. I, I never saw any pictures, so you know, I, I just take it with a grain of salt. But my grandma had a sister that lived in Manhattan, so we we go up there, uh, you know, in the winter time to get at Rockefeller Center, and I was doing that, and my grandma was like, I think he really likes this. And then my ducks came out, and once my ducks came out, I was like, Yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's really what got me into it. That's hilarious. You you also spent some time in the Null, though, man. I mean, talk about that. You played in Rillo. That's a pretty sick place to play. Like, everyone who's played in the Null knows that, like, you know, if you got to play in the Northeast, you know, it's just all right. It's nothing amazing. But, man, I mean, the South. What a place for the Null. How fun was it in your time in Rillo? Oh, man, it was, it was awesome. It was the first year that they ever had a junior team in Amarillo, so everyone was about it. I mean, you know, we're, we're getting fans from Texas A&M because Lubbock, Texas isn't that far away, getting fans from community college, getting fans of the fans of the Amar- Amarillo Gorillas, which was the uh, was which was the central hockey league team out there prior to us getting there. The uh, rink was nice. I mean, ev- ev- everyone was nice. I mean, it debunked every theory I ever had about Texas. Um, you know, there was Cactus. Cactus weeds rolling across the highway at times, which is pretty cool because you know you only see those in movies or you know in books and stuff like that. So that was pretty awesome. But my my Dilla family was awesome. Um, I mean, it was it was just an incredible experience. And every time you would score, the fans would buy these like balls. They were like red balls, and it had our logo on it. And people would pay a dollar for them. And any time you would score, the fans would throw them on the ice. So like you have you know you you're playing against Topeka and Scott Linger on the bench, he's getting all pissed off. He's, like, kicking the balls into the stands, throwing them back, you know, because they're lighting them up. Or, or, you know, same thing with the Texas Tornadoes or Wichita Wildcats. It was just great. People throwing them at the goalies and taking them off their games. I mean, it was uh, – it's awesome, man. That, that big ball in Cowtown song, that's probably the best goal song in junior hockey. It's, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Man, it's it's unreal. What's the EJHL and like what's what's that like? Like how how did you end up there? Like I guess I, I mean Philly's obviously not crazy far away, but like how like what is is that like a, a junior A league, junior B, and you know what was it like playing in Philly? Yeah, so it it was uh, it's called the Eastern Junior Hockey League, or it used to be now now it's just the EHL, um, which is the EHL pretty much compromise of teams that used to be in Atlantic Junior Hockey League and the Eastern Junior Hockey League combined. Now that's the EHL. Uh, but yeah, the old EJHL, uh, well, that was a lot of you guys. So um, Charlie Coyle was a rookie my rookie year there. Same with uh, Chris Wagner, and they both play for Bruins now. Uh, there's a lot of, there, there's actually quite a few guys that play in the NHL or, or had a short stint there from that league. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was good. And I think the theory's always been that it was kind of soft, but it was super skilled. Um, and where, let's see, there's certain teams like the New Jersey Hitmen that didn't really get a lot of fans, but there's probably more scouts in the, in the stands than the fans were. So, like, any time you went and played there, you see all these black, you know, guys in black coats, which pretty much was a giveaway that, man, it's got a scout from somewhere. Um, and there's not really a lot of people there. You're like, this is actually crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there were some great teams in there. New Hampshire Monarchs, New Jersey Hitmen, South Shore, 
Kings. Um, we weren't so great my rookie year. We were, I think, like 8-32. and 32. Uh, Definitely a lot of partying. And where we lived at the apartments, we were right down the street from Philadelphia University, which is a co-ed school, but it's an artsy school, so a lot of girls go there. Um, <laughs> so that was a good time. Win or lose, hit the booze. And, uh, you know, I, 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 think, I, I think we had a well, we had fun that year as a team. Uh, as far as hockey-wise, we didn't really do too well. But um, it, it'll, it'll allow me to get the tools and experience I need to make the jump from EJ to the uh, to the USHL and then the and then the NA from there, et cetera. So um, it was good. It was fast-paced, highly skilled, um, good scouted league. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a bunch of fun. And you didn't have to move too far away from home to play junior hockey. So good time. What was it like, I mean, going to uh, ACHAD3, I mean, you know, club hockey, even even back then, it was still getting better, obviously, but you, you, knew, you knew it was a step where you're going to go in and you're going to tear it up. I mean, I think every single season you played, you're over a goal a game. I mean, pretty much two points per game every single time. So, like, you, you kind of knew you had a role. You had to put the puck in the net if you're playing at that level. But, like, what what was the hockey like at that time? Um, I remember when I first got there, my Freshman season, I played seven games because I came in late. Uh, as I mentioned before, I came in at the Curry. I was there. had to leave for financial reasons. Uh, then I got to Bernath and then uh, won seven games. I think I had almost 45, 50 points. Uh, so it was it was really bad then. Uh, but as I got older, I'd say probably my junior year, we, we, we started branching out because we were trying to make that transition from an HHA D3 team to NCAA D3, which they are now. So that, that's always been the goal, and I was uh, just honored to be a part of that. And then my senior year is when we really took that step, and, you know, we're, like, smacking teams left and right. It, it doesn't matter what conference you played in. And like I said, I mean, I, I had a couple guys in that team that played at the same level as I did. So quite honestly, it was unfair. And we probably could have beat a lot of NCAA D3 teams that year um, from the club level. So uh, we got really good my senior year. It was, it was just, um, and, and then I think the hockey in general got better. I, I do remember telling my coach and other guys that, I'm like, you guys remember like, two years ago it wasn't that good? I'm like, everywhere in general is just getting better. I think I, I think what you're starting to see is a lot of kids get burned out, and with the expansion of the watered-down junior A system where, like, you know, you're, you're playing in Florida, you're playing junior A, you're playing Georgia, you're playing Dre, you know, every, every league thinks they're junior A league. And uh, that's the farthest thing from the truth. So all these other teams get these kids from USHL and blah, 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 and it's, like, really not – not the actual junior A experience. It's not, you know, Sioux City or it's not uh, Lincoln or it's not Amarillo or it's, you know, it's not with uh, Topeka or, or Wichita, you know, like those, the other guys that were coming in were like, you know, just okay. But technically it was considered junior A. So if you get enough of those kids, uh, that can really change, change around a program and recruit other guys to come in. And that's exactly what was happening my senior year. Just every team was getting better. Um, it, it was just, it was much better. It's much more fun because you can actually play up to a certain level. Uh, where, you know, back in the day, you're kind of saving yourself and you, you don't want to get hurt. That's exactly how I tore my ACL, playing against a kid who just lost an edge, looking back for a buddy pass, and I went to hit him, and he ducked and took my knee out. So um, it, was, it was fun and much more safe to play with guys who uh, can kind of keep up, you know. So I think now club, club hockey is a lot better. You, you get a lot of these guys that played in the actual legit, I'd say there's like a, you know, in the actual legit junior league that just don't want to play D1, too much of a time commitment. Guys want to play D three because you're not playing D one. You want some time commitment, so guys will play clubs. So um, all around, 
think the HHA D3, D2, and D1. There's some really good hockey players in there that just like probably playing NCAA D1 or D3 somewhere, but just don't want to mess around with the commitment. No, oh, I mean, NCAA D3, I've had enough of my say on that if anyone ever listens to the show about how big of a joke some of those teams are. I mean, there's now, what, like 75 teams? And, I mean, if you can pay 50 grand a year for schooling, you can play on that. Same with junior hockey. I mean, it's uh, World Hockey Report's pretty yeah. uh, set on where we're actually stuck on. I mean, everyone can play junior A now. If you can write a check, you can play junior A hockey, or you can at least say you can. Matt, did you win a the national championship? In uh, ACHA, yeah. Uh, so I, I didn't win it. I think I think that's that's the biggest thing. We lost to Michigan State, uh, their D three team, seven to six. And I've, all, all year for us, I always preached about depth and you know guys knowing their roles and knowing how to play every single position because that was just how I was brought up to play. And uh, naturally, right wingers and left handed, but I can play left wing, I can play center, I can play left D, I can play right D. Um, you know, I just knew where everyone was supposed to be at the right time and. Um, a lot of guys didn't come from growing up like that. And I remember he was short. We lost, uh, he was a freshman, but he was probably a top four defenseman. We lost in the injury. We lost another guy who was playing with like one shoulder, so he was kind of nicked. Um, and then the rest of the guys our coach kind of put on the shelf because he wasn't sure, um, you know, what type of try, or, you know, what, what type of juice they could give us. So we literally were playing against that team with seven people. Um, so we were pretty gassed because we tied Hope the night before in OT. So that was a pretty tough game. And, um, yeah, we, we, we just walked to a team that had more depth than us. Like our top two guys, me and my one buddy, Scott Whitmire, played juniors with him. He actually played in the FP as well um, for, for a little bit. Him and I tore it up, we both, both leading the tournament in points. And, you know, when you're trying to make a run that deep, you got to have more guys. I'm not talking about, like, our, our second line, those guys pulled their weight. Um, I think our first line we had four points, and then maybe we had two or, or three, something like that. Um, so yeah, we just needed more depth, and we just ran out of energy and time. And there was a situation where a guy came off the ice early, one guy jumped, he didn't know where it was supposed to be because he didn't normally play center, and we're running around, and it was just bad. And just watched that from the bench, and just like you know, it hurt. I didn't cry because I, I knew I was going to play after school. I just didn't know where, and I was like, well, my journey's not ending here. But it was definitely one of the part of loss that I've ever been a part of. <laughs> no kidding. Do you have any funny stories? I mean, come on, everyone who's played club hockey has to have some funny stories. I mean, it, it's generally student run, and you know, I mean, students aren't experts. They're not professionals at uh, what they do. So there always ends up being some some funny incidences, whether that's a, a funny travel story, ice booking, you know, just scrambling through to get to a practice, something like that. I mean, you got to have a couple or at least one yeah. funny club story. Yeah, okay. All right, I got one. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> so when I got to Burnett, and we had an incompetent coach that I constantly challenged his, his hockey knowledge. I'm like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Like, absolutely no idea. So, I, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really respect him too much. And uh, we, had, we practiced at 6 a.m. in the morning. So sometimes it's pretty tough. And at the club, we were lucky to have a rink on campus, which, is, which was awesome. And we had a locker room and stuff, and had to carry our gear everywhere. Um, <laughs> and I remember he was like, all right, don't no do it to practice. We had a couple guys late. If you're late, you're going to skate, sit, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's got a joke. So I woke up late because uh, I snoozed my alarm too many times. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to be late to fucking practice. So we had these, like, yellow bikes on campus. They were, like, recycled bikes out of, like, parts and whatnot. So I'm flying to get to practice. I'm like, I'm like, damn, it's like 5.58, pressure up the sick, I to hurry up. 
and I went over like a speed bump and a chain popped on me and like I like rolled in a ditch and like I came to practice, I'm like bleeding, like you know, like my legs and stuff and I was like, dude, you're gonna be late. And so the coach goes, Why are you late? And I was like, I have to, I have to make up a lie to see if I can get out of punishment. And I was like, uh I was like, Yeah, I wasn't feeling well and I took the bike and I like fell whatever and I threw up everywhere. It's terrible and you should go check it out. So now everyone, like, even years later, they're like, dude, remember the time you threw up when you are going to practice and being late? I was like, yeah, that actually never happened. But no one believed me because I, apparently I sold it. So um, I'd, say, <laughs> I, I'd say that's probably that's, that's probably the most embarrassing or probably the funniest moment. I, I, I think there's others, but just the fact that I was normally never late and that one time I was and I had to make up a lie, and it, was, it, was, it was pretty good. It stuck with me, so I'm known as the throw-up kid on the bike to be late to practice. That's hilarious. And then moving on, I mean, post uh, college, you you go over to Sweden, and I mean, you end up playing Sweden Div One hockey at Tan. Obviously, that's a it's a very high level where you don't see too many players coming out of. I mean, even NCAA college, there's a lot of guys that won't make that jump too smoothly to to Div One, especially down in the South Sweden. So, I, I, what was that like, man? I mean, your first year pro, twenty tucks in, you know, a very solid league. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Um, I'd, I'd be lying to you if I said that I wasn't nervous when I got there just because I had watched film on the team before, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think I can make it over here. I'm freaking out. I'm like, I don't think I can make it. And I think the only time I was uh, not confident about my abilities is when I was in Sioux City um, and Johnny Goudreau's rookie year for Duke, and we were playing them at the Minnesota Expo Energy Center, and I got scratched. So, you know, whatever. I've been scratched before. It wasn't a big deal. Um but it definitely should have been a situation where, the aging out 90, I should have stayed behind and fought for my spot. I think things would have turned out a little differently for me. Um, so I thought I was going to go down that trap again. And uh, I, I got there, and I got fitted for my skates and sticks and gloves and helmet and all stuff like that. And I practiced um, within an hour of me even being in Sweden. And I started, like, I picked up something. I'm like, dude, I, like, I actually think I belong here. I'm, like, you know, catching passes. They were pretty hard. Like, I'm scoring on goalies. I'm like, okay, this is, this is cool. And I had to sit out for the first three or four games because my transfer card didn't come over. And when I came back, we were playing SB uh, Roma, which is actually a really good team in that league. And that's when I had my debut, and I had two goals, well, I had two points in that in that game. And I'm like, dude, I think I can really do this. And then a couple games later, I had the hat trick, and I'm like, this is nuts. And then things just started to flow. It was like the weirdest thing ever. But I think for once in my life, I had the right type of skill and the mental mindset. I think I was always missing that, that mental mindset and discipline. And I think finally I just like nailed it in for, for once in my life and just rolled with it. And I had some really good guys playing around me. And uh, and like like you said, D1 is definitely not a joke. Uh, you know, it's one step down or some, some people say it is comparable to on step time besides the top couple of teams which compete for qualification and um and you also get moved out of that league too if, if you're doing too poor. So all all three of those leagues combined together, including with the SHL. And it's weird because you play against guys that were drafted in, in in the NHL. You play against guys that played in the USHL. You play against guys that played in the AHL, the East Coast, SP. Um, and you also play against some kids who are like, what the hell? But yeah, as, as you were saying before, I ran against, I came up against a couple in NCAA D1 or D3 kids, and they tried to trip me up for playing clubs, and I just checked stats. I'm like, dude, that's. Like, I have more goals than you can point to. You play, technically played at a higher level, so obviously the system failed you. So that was, that was, that was a feel-good chirp there. Um, but, yeah, man, it was, it was comfortable and it was awesome. I was lucky to be surrounded by, by some Swedes who actually played in North America, so we kind of were on the same wavelength, and our line was really good, young and fast and energetic, and, you know, it was, it was awesome. It was a fantastic experience. 
That's awesome. All right, we've got two minutes here. Uh, any funny stories out of Sweden? I mean, the life is obviously different over there. Is there anything that was a big culture shock or, or anything that, you know, you can kind of look back on and laugh about now how silly it was? Oh, man. So um, the biggest thing to get is just because when I first got there, it, it wasn't the language. There, the language is actually relatively easy to pick up, um, and I actually spoke a pretty good amount of it before I left. I think the... Um, phone charges over there were different because when I flew from Boston landed in Iceland and my phone was dying I'm like where the hell do I charge my phone and I kept seeing like these weird voltage prongs I'm like what the fuck is this so like, I pull up my phone and I'm like wow I'm an idiot that's the one thing I never considered so all of my like my laptop charger my Xbox like everything I'm just like these are all stupid so I'm like that's crazy so I had to buy all new like uh, power supplies for, for, for my for my Xbox and laptop and phone and all stuff like that. So that was a big culture shock. Um, I'd say at the end, uh, the way they have parties there is a big one. Like, you know, in, in Canada or in America, you know, you just throw, you just throw, throw something together really quick and people show up. Uh, but in Sweden, you have to, it's like a formal invite. Like, it has to be months in advance, like months in advance. And then growing up, I never took my shoes off, going to other people's houses unless, like, they told me to. Sweden, customary, man. Everyone takes goddamn shoes off. Everyone takes, you know, no matter where you are, you go in a locker room, take shoes off. You go to someone's apartment, take shoes off. Someone's house, take shoes off. So it was just uh, certain certain customary things. And all the girls dress alike over there. They all dress the same. It is so weird. <laughs> I've never seen so many New York Yankee cats. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> hey, no, that's unreal, man. Hey, I appreciate you giving the call. We'll definitely have to bring you on. I know you got a ton more stories, man. That was unreal. So, yet again, buddy. Thank you, Terrence. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one, man. Enjoy the content. Terrence Johnson joins. Wow. Bryn Athan, legend. Played over in Sweden. Got to tear it up there a little bit. Hey, it's for the players. This episode is going to be a fun one. Already, come on, you know what it is. MyBookie.ag, big home, sponsor, betting, whatever you wanted to, go there. MyBookie.ag, use promo code 12OZ Sports. They're going to match your deposit up to $1,000. Come on, we got J Group coming on. FHL legend. I mean, we got to ask him about the story about him, you know, falling through the penalty box after he scored a shootout winner. You know that's going to come up. If you missed it, hey, head to World Hockey Report on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Maybe we'll have to dig that one up because that is, it's just too funny. It is. It's unreal. It's, it's like one of the funniest videos I've seen this season in the hockey world. So, yeah, I mean, definitely worth a good laugh. We'll talk to Croup for a bit here. And I also wanted to talk about, man, that goalie video. Another tendy just blocking a guy right in the face in the in the handshake line. What is up with tendies this year? Why are they going wild? I, I don't understand. I don't know why this is happening. I kind of feel like it's a, a little bit of a monkey see, monkey do thing to some extent. But it's wild. It's 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 weird. It's it's something that I don't even know. I, I don't think I really ever blockered anyone in the face. The worst thing I ever did, and it was I, I was 16 playing down in the States. I think we were playing against Great Falls, and there was a scrum in front of the crease, and I mean, been going at it with this guy all game, and he's laying there, and I grabbed my stick, and I gave him a nice little tap on the cheek, and yeah, I mean, like, after that, I just felt guilty. 
I just got like, damn, that was pretty. That was pretty shitty to do. So, yeah, blocker to the face, just blatantly. It kind of looks like it's like high school stuff. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what level it was, but, nah, maybe not. Maybe not the brightest thing to do. That video of Spencer Knight mic'd up at practice. Go watch it if you haven't. Of course, uh, Boston College. They tweeted it out. We retweeted it on our page at World Hockey RPT. You can go check that out. Hey, how are you saying? Coming up this weekend. Oh, before we get to that, how did I not talk about it? Bobby Ryan. What a guy. What a guy. First game back in Ottawa. Hattrick at home. Talk about a feel-good story. Yeah, it... There's dust in there. It's insane. Just to think about it, it literally choked me up at how cool of a story that was. It's honestly incredible. You know, everything he's been to. Man, if you haven't seen what he was been through as a kid too, like with his dad, his, his mom, man. Wild. Just insane what Bobby Ryan's been through. And I mean, he, he opened up about his alcohol abuse and... Kind of just said, hey, I can't do it anymore. Had to go get help. <laughs> Crazy. Comes back, gets a hat trick. How can you not cheer for the guy? I mean, come on. That's unreal. Hey, I did say hockey's coming up this weekend on 12-ounce sports. Tomorrow, February 29th, ACHAD2 Collegiate Tournament. You got number three, Marion University, facing the, the lowest remaining seed. I think that's still TV. I think there's games going on today, I do believe. That's at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Then at 7.30, it's number 5, University of St. Thomas, taking on number 8, Davenport. We'll get to Sunday's schedule at the end of this. Another guest coming on. Joining us on the line right now. Knew he'd be calling in about any time. Jay Karoop. The man, the myth, the legend from the FHL. What's up, buddy? How's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Obviously, I know you're busy. It's a it's a weekend, and you guys are still playing there. So we appreciate you coming on. First off, though, I we have to get to it right away. Man, the the reason why I'd say you popped off this year, you fell into the penalty box after you scored. I think it was a shootout or an overtime winner. Man, walk me through that. That's that's honestly what I think of funniest videos I, I've seen this year. Like that, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was fun. It was jokes for sure. We uh, we went to a shootout with um, Almira, um, the second game of the series, and it was our first um, series at home. So it was the first time Columbus had hockey back in I think two years. Um, and uh, so in our league, you can. You can, it's like the Olympic rules, so you can go five shooters, and after that, you can repeat. So, um, um, shootouts were kind of my thing, and uh, coach kind of said, hey, when do you want to go? And I said, I want the game winner, and it got to five, and we needed a goal. And he's like, well, I need you now. And I said, all right. And I uh, went down and scored, came back to the bench. I said, I'm going again. He's like, you don't have a choice. And he goes, well, all right. And I uh, went down and scored that, and uh, just kind of floated up towards center ice, and the guy in the tally box just opened the door, I guess, behind me, and I fell in there. But um, it, it was fun, and the guys got a good laugh out of it. So, no, it was so funny. That was uh, honestly like I don't know if I've ever really seen that. Like I, I've seen guys like maybe fall through a side door, get hit through a side door, but like just how it worked with the celly was it was just too perfect oh, there. Yeah. Man, I wanted to ask you going uh, yeah, back to fun. going back to growing up. I mean. You, you grew up in West Virginia or Virginia. 
Like, how, how did you get into hockey? What got you into hockey? It just seems like such a, a weird place to really even get a start. Yeah, actually, um, so I actually grew up in, uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. And, uh, but I moved out, out east after high school. And so that's kind of, uh, I guess, my second, I got second home. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of like a half-native there in Richmond and, and home will always be Wisconsin. But I got into hockey, obviously, Wisconsin's kind of a little bit of a hotbed. And um, so I started playing youth hockey there, played high school, and, um, and then played some juniors out in Virginia for the uh, Richmond Generals. So um, that was kind of my path growing up. And then um, went to a year of uh, college out in Williston State, North Dakota, and um, played a year there and then, then uh, went, went to the FHL been there ever since okay even before that though i mean you, you played in our favorite league the the greater metro hockey league what was that like yeah. i mean i've 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 heard the stories i've never played there myself i've never watched a game live myself but you gotta you gotta uh, tell the people what is that league like well i mean i i kind of i'm a big believer in uh you know tier three tier three and uh and the good teams are good, and, and the lower-end teams are not so good. And um, But with that league, um, I don't know. I didn't have the best time up there. It was, uh, you know, we, there was only, when I was there, I think there was only, like, two good teams. And I played I played five games, and I actually ended up leaving um, just because it was just kind of a waste of time. <laughs> and uh, they ended up trading me somehow, to another team and somebody dressed as me and didn't even give me a point in that game so um yeah i got i played for two teams in the gmhl but somebody played as me then uh for i think i don't even know what team it was the red wings or something um i don't have my db pulled up but yeah so the, that league is i don't know it's uh yeah, it's it, it is what it is, but uh, there's some good players that come out of it, though for sure. It's something else. No, that's actually hilarious. The whole someone else playing as you story. Hey, move. I mean, you, you mentioned a little bit about Williston. Now, obviously, I mean, if you're coming from somewhere like Madison or even even out in Virginia, Richmond area, they're like those are some pretty big cities. How big of a culture shock is it to live in Williston, North Dakota? Um, it, it is crazy. I mean, uh, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing to do. There's, uh, you could just go have a big bonfire, uh, on the frozen lake and that's it. <laughs> uh, it was a big culture shock. I loved it out there though. I did. I had a great time. Um, you know, it's a really small school, so you get really close with, uh, I mean, most of the students there are student athletes. So you get really close with everybody. I had a great time. I ended up walking on to the baseball team and playing baseball there too. No and, way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a great time in Williston. It was, uh, but definitely a culture shock. I mean, the nearest mall was two hours. And I mean, when I was there, they hit the oil boom. So uh, it was just like crazy. Like there was man camps and minimum wage was, I think, 25 bucks an hour at McDonald's and Walmart because there were just so many people in this small town and they had no workers like so it was uh it was crazy but it, it was definitely fun 
totally a different world there. No, I mean, I think like all, all the people I know that have really like gone there are similar situations too. Is like, well, you know, the town sucks, but like the, the school, the team in general, a lot closer. I mean, that makes the parties a little bit more fun. Hey, moving along, he went into the FHL right after, and you know, <laughs> you've really grinded it out there. But you've played on you played on a few different teams. Um, be, before we get into the, the good side of the FHL, do you have any funny stories from yeah. some of those first teams? I mean, you, you played Berlin, yeah. Brewster, I mean, Cornwall, yeah. they're gone. Huron's had their uh, moments, but you got some funny stories to tell? Yeah, I mean, I got I got one. Um, it actually was in, uh, <laughs> it was in Carolina. And, um, yeah, you know, I... I uh, I'll tell the story and then uh, we can get to uh, bouncing around the first few years. But uh, so we were playing at home in Carolina. This was uh, the, the first year I was in Carolina. So they're the year they just got hockey back. And uh, my buddy Joe, um, he was scratched. And, you know, our coach would tell us in the morning who was, who was going. And um, so he was the type of guy that if he wasn't going, he'd get drinking at about right after morning skate, so about 11 in the morning. <laughs> and um, so uh, we get to the rink, and uh, and usually the scratches come after warm-ups, and uh, so we're in there, and we're about to go out for warm-ups, and Joe walks in, and he's just hammer drunk. <laughs> and, um, so he walks down to the stall, and he starts packing his bag, and we're like, what are you, you know, the guy's like, what are you doing? Like, And he's like, uh, they're loaning me to Danville for the game because they don't have enough guys. And he was, and he was, and I mean, he was loaded. So, uh, you know, we were all over him. And uh, he ended up having, I think, two assists and a goal. <laughs> and uh, he was, like, second star of the game. They didn't beat us, but, but it was pretty funny. Uh, you know, uh, that, was, that was probably one of the better stories um, uh, as far as, like, having fun with the guys. <laughs> That's unreal. Just buddy on your team has to go dress for the other team, plus the fact that he thought he was scratched, so he's gonna get crippled the the, the day before or the game of, I guess. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you so said I, you, you play. I mean, you played back in like 2015 and stuff, and that was kind of. The league hit a few rocky hills there. I mean, you got teams playing out of yeah, ballparks. You got teams I mean, without home rinks. You got to you gotta talk about some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, Berlin, um, it was like this town of, of, I mean, I don't even think there was 3,000 people there. And, um, you know, it was a small little rink. And, um, the, like... <laughs> The dressing room was like you would like walk in the door and you'd walk two steps down and like there was no stalls and you know it's like one of those locker rooms where the stands are like above you so you gotta like kind of crawl and kneel down like you know you can't fully stand up in the locker room so it was uh it was yeah it was just wasn't meant to have a pro team there um they had good fans and and they did, you know, they drew okay for having 3,000 people in their town. Um, but uh, it was tough. I mean, we were taking we were taking fans to games, and um, uh, it was that was that was uh, yeah that was a tougher early stages of the FHL. Um, you know, but but um, you know, I don't want anyone to think this. You know, this league is good. It's good hockey, and there, and it is. Uh, it's getting up. Hunt better, and you know, 
down here in Columbus, we're running it like an SP program. And uh, Elmira runs a good ship. Carolina runs a good ship. And, you know, it's kind of we're starting to head in the right direction. And, um, you know, so, um, yeah, but I just didn't want, you know, anyone to think I'm ripping the league. But it was uh, it was a little while at first, you know, playing for Brewster in Berlin and taking bands and sometimes you have to take your own car and, but I mean, you're in a, you're in a, uh, with the boys and, and it kind of brings you closer, closer together. And, and I mean, we just, no one's doing it for money. Everyone's doing it for love of sport. So, um, you know, it kind of makes it a little something that you could, uh, you know, cherish forever. Oh, for sure. I mean, the league now compared to five, ten years ago is just an absolutely wild difference. So, no, no, you can absolutely. leave. We'll, we'll, we'll stay with the ripping of leagues. I mean, talking about owners, Chuck and Knucks, things like that. We'll kick to that. Hey, no, just wanted to move on. Kate, you played in Carolina and Columbus, which probably, I mean, two of the top places to play. I mean, I'd arguably say, like, you, you yeah. put Elmira up there as well. And so, like... But, man, like, being in Columbus this year, I know it's an old SP town, and I had buddies that played in the SP in Columbus, and, you know, they, they loved it. They loved it. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, it seems pretty similar. Like, I mean, man, the fan numbers are good. Like, honestly, is, have, is this probably, like, the coolest place that you've ever played in your career? Or, like, you know, is there anything that's really top Columbus um, when, you know, you get that barn uh, rock in this year? No, this is, this is, this is, um, I mean... Carolina will always have a, a place in my heart. I I loved it there and won a championship there. Great fans. Lo- they love their team. Uh, it's awesome there. But um, when I when we started getting going down here in Columbus, um, it was I mean my jaw dropped when uh, the last few weekends here. I mean the city is just going crazy about our team um i think we i think we fight a little bit more than the sbhl and that's no knock on them um um and i think that draws a lot of attention uh down here in columbus and um yeah so you know it's been it's been incredible here the fan base is unbelievable here um you know they're loud they're into it they uh there's just tons of people all back after the games waiting for autographs um it's a great facility, and um, yeah, I can't really believe hockey left here in the first place because this is totally a hockey city. Who's the toughest guy you've ever faced, seen, played against in the FHL? Because obviously, I mean, as you said, it's a league that you know has has a reputation for being one of the the, the toughest damn places out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, shoot, let me think here. I mean, there's some there's some monsters in this league. Early when I got in, early probably Pisano, uh, when I was I was a rookie, he was in Danbury, and I mean, he was just hurting guys. <laughs> uh, you know, Nick Wright was he was he was a rookie too uh, with me, and I mean, he would go head to toe with anybody, and and uh, I would say Nick Wright and Pisano. Fair, no, there. I mean, there's some heavyweights in that league, and I mean. I'm not going to say it's at the extent of the LNAH that's in Quebec because that's obviously next level, but like the FHL is definitely next in line. Like the SBHL's changed their style and hey, it's good for them. I mean, the SBHL is getting a lot better hockey wise too. But I mean, for as you yeah. said, you know, fan experience, like what people want to see in, you know, Carolina, 
support here on Columbus. Like, I mean, they, they yeah. like that aspect of hockey, the old-time hockey. I mean, I think we, we all right, kind of right, thrive right. for that. But, man, yeah. I mean, this year also, you're, you're ripping it up. Like, you got 39 points. I mean, you're pretty much at his career high for pims and points, so that's a good year. Um, what's what's yeah. working for you? Like, you know, is this a team that you think can go on a run and you think you guys can actually contend for your, your second straight championship or what? Yeah, I... I uh... I, first of all, first off, I definitely, definitely think we have a chance to run the table in playoffs. Um, you know, three-game series is a uh, format this year, and, and um, you know, you kind of know how hockey is. You get hot at the right time. You get, you know, your goalie gets going, and the boys are clicking. It's, it's tough, to, tough, tough to stop. And um, I think with the guys we have here in Columbus, um, we, we definitely can run the table. And um, I, I think it took us. A little while to get going, but now that we're uh, we're going, it's it's gonna be tough to stop us. And um, yeah, as far as uh, personal um, career high, I never really, you know, I bounced around my first, I think it was three years, and then I finally stayed in Carolina. And um, you know, I was just I was a ten forward in Carolina uh, both years and did okay, you know, for being a ten forward. And uh, this year, just finally got a regular shift and got really really good line mates that we're just we kind of click out there and find each other and uh we're, we're doing well so it's been a fun year and i'm uh grateful for it so wait were you in carolina when they tried to do shootouts before the game to like solve I if, was. It, if I it was <laughs> no way how wild was I, that oh it was it was uh so i mean people were like we're all for it. Like they're like something new, and, and I get what you know. And Scott's with us down here, and and uh, in Columbus, and and I know what Scott was thinking. He want you know he wants to get people uh, to the game earlier and get them in the building and, and try something new. And uh, and honestly, um, I, that game ended up going into overtime. So I don't know if that, if you know, if like people know that. So it actually ended up going into overtime. We lost the shootout before, so that caused us. We had to pull our goalie, and Port Huron was playing keep away. But I mean, it made for a, it made for a fun overtime because I mean, like I said, we had to pull our goalie, and uh, so. But you know, uh, the fans because we lost that game, obviously we're absolutely grilling poor Scott, <laughs> and um, but it, it was different. And um, but I'm not a fan of it because. Um, you know, shootouts for me. I love shootouts, like I was telling you earlier in the show. And uh, for me, it's like at the end of the game when you know you can end the game with the puck on your stick, it's a little different than before the game where your kind of mindset is, but we should win regulation, you know? No, that's insane. I actually had no clue about that story. But, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's been a blast. I mean, love the insight. It's really a league that, you know, you don't really hear of all the positives all the time, but I mean, it's changed and what you guys have done there in Columbus is unreal to see. So, I mean, we hope the league continues to grow. I mean, you know, if, honestly, if you look at the top six teams in that league and, you know, just compared to the top six, say five, 10 years ago, it's totally different. So, man, yet again, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, we'll talk soon. Jay Croup, FHL Columbus. What a place. The River Dragons. That's about as minor league of a team as it 
guests. Hey, I said we were going to go talk a little bit about Sunday's games in the ACHA because they're coming live on 12-ounce sports. You know where to hit it up. 120zsportsradio.com slash live. This is Sunday's schedule, all Eastern time, 1230. You've got the second highest remaining seed versus the second lowest remaining seed. That's the ACHA D2 Collegiate Hockey Tournament there. And the one following, it's going to be at 330 highest remaining versus lowest remaining. And after that, well... Geez, things could get interesting. Game five, if necessary, between Daysland and Fort Sask. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Eastern time there. Alrighty, that's going to do it. Hey, big shout out. What a show. It's for the players. Everyone knows that's why we do it. Come on, getting that insight from them. Nothing else compares. World Hockey Report Live. Big thanks. Nick DeLisi, Terrence Johnson, J. Croup. What a crew. What a crew. You get to see all sides. Hey, we went Czech, Sweden, the States, Canada. All over. All over. What a game. What a game. Hey, this has been awesome. It is Friday, February 28th. It's a leap year. I just found that out yesterday. Kind of funny enough. But whatever. Hey, it's going to be a great weekend. Go out there. Enjoy it. Hopefully you got some nice weather. And we're going to be back here on Monday. Same time, same place. 12-ounce sports radio. Cody Jansen, the World Hockey Report crew. Have a good weekend.